You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network, as we are here on a Monday to deliver you your typical Monday episode. We're here to talk about Lost. We're actually not. We're here to talk about everything but Lost over the next little while. Uh, as we've been mentioning in other episodes, uh, Lost is obviously on hiatus because Ben and Noah have no time to record right now. Uh, but we wanted to bring you something on Mondays. And just as a little project we did last year, we decided to go back to this. We're doing random episode recaps. Uh, last year we gave everybody else the opportunity to pick shows for us to watch. And uh, one of the things that I think I mentioned last year is going to be the first thing we cover this week. But this is going to be fun because it's going to be myself and Rossi as we kill time waiting for Lost to come back. Uh, each picking something different each week, not knowing what the next person is going to pick until the end of the episode. So we are here to talk about my pick in week number one. And this is a show that anybody in Canada is going to be familiar with. And anybody outside of Canada probably hasn't even heard of. Uh, but it is the biggest Canadian show of all time. Uh, I don't know what you would compare this to, if this is you know, Canada's Seinfeld or whatever. Uh, it is enormous here in Canada. I'm talking about Corner Gas. This show is absolutely enormous here, and I'm introducing it to somebody who has never seen it before. So I'm excited to get into Corner Gas here as we're picking Season 1, Episode 5, Grad 68, something that's... Uh, I think gives you a little bit of what everything Corner Gas is about. Let's get into it. My name is Colin, photo not available. Uh, my name is Rossi, and blocking traffic is not a chore, it's a privilege. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, you already told me I'm not going to be happy with you in this episode. So I, and I have to say, I was very unsure of what somebody would think about the show. A, if they're not Canadian, and also... B, if they're not from a small town. Because I think Corner Gas has like a huge following in Canada just in general because I think it's one of the few Canadian comedies out there. Most Canadian TV shows are sci-fi shows or dramas. And this is like a not really traditional sitcom. I mean, it's not with an audience or anything. This is at home improvement you know, with, you know, the oohs or whatever you get from the audience. Uh, this is just a traditional comedy show. Uh, kind of a satire, if uh, you want to call it that. Uh, but I think it has an extra appeal to anybody who's ever lived in a small town, which I did. I grew up in a small town until I was probably eight or nine years old. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think a person just gets more for living in a small town. But you are not from Canada. You have never seen Corn Gas before. I don't know if you ever lived in a small town. Tell me just general impressions, what you thought of after watching one episode of Corner Gas. Okay. Um... <laughs> For me, it was just really hard. Maybe it's the episode. Maybe I need another one to get through. Oh, we'll do it like... again next week. <laughs> uh, no, it's my week next week. Um, it just felt like such a slog to get through. Like, it, the pacing seemed weird. Like, I felt like I was watching bad acting. It was a little weird. Like, I get... I, I didn't... At first, I was like, is this a comedy? Is this like a... Like a, an art film, I didn't really understand what I was watching because I felt like it felt so forced, and I just could, I, I just couldn't get behind it. You're describing like, a comedy. You're describing a sitcom. I know, but like, it just didn't fit. Like I, like I did. Not that I love the laugh track. 
and when like when I should laugh. But I legitimately was like, was I supposed to laugh at that? Like through the entire movie, I'm thinking, was that funny? Was that supposed to get a laugh out of me? Like I could not understand what was supposed to be like funny and what was supposed to be like, it just felt really weird. I didn't understand a lot of it. Like obviously I'm jumping in first. This is the first episode I've ever seen. And we're like, how many episodes in the season already? Like five. Yeah. So like I've skipped five episodes. I barely know any of these characters names. All I know is the guy's last name is Butt, which yeah. sucks. <laughs> it's Canada's biggest comedian, Brent Butt. <laughs> so bad. But um, not, that's not my view, affecting my view of the episode. But like, it just felt so... Oh, I felt so bad. I'm going to agree with you on one thing, and that's the pacing of this. Because this is a very different show. It's kind of like... Did you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I've seen a bit of it so I, I have some sense um i'm they're completely different types of shows but i feel like it's similar in that the comedy and curb your enthusiasm if you had the exact same script delivered by the cast of the big bang theory or something like that it would just flow differently but curb your enthusiasm it's just it, it feels different it has a different pacing corner gas is kind of a combination of like dreary small town boring and just people finding humor in the most mundane things and also a little bit of like satire and parody. And we get that later on when they do the reenactment. Um, but it's one of these shows where I, I think even when I saw the first episode and the first aired, like it wasn't like I immediately loved the show. You do have to watch a little bit just to get used to it because it's a different style of comedy. It's also Canadian. And I think a lot of Canadian comedies are similar to this where um, it, it's not your typical I'd say the same thing with British. You know, if you've ever watched a lot of British comedies, it's completely different than American comedies. So each country just sort of has its own timing and delivery that's different. And Corner Gas is distinctly Canadian, uh, but it would take some getting used to. So I would understand with that. The bad acting, I think what you're talking about with that, it's more just like the dull characters. Like it, it's point of these characters that like, especially uh, some of the more main characters, uh, Brent, like you said, and... Uh, uh, also, Hank, who's his friend, the dumb guy. Can you, like, let me know who these people are? I still, I don't know any of the names. So, like, if you say Hank, so I have no idea who Hank's... that is. Is Hank the, like, hat, hat kid who, like, yeah. acts like he's 12, but is probably, like, 56? Yeah, the, the uh, photo not available that we see later on. He's gotcha. supposed to be, like, the dumbest character in the show. Uh, but also, just, again, the way he delivers lines, it's not like... You know, ah, ha, ha, ha. It's, you have to kind of think about what he's doing. It's, it's very monotone. And that's the way a lot of the characters are. The ones on this show that are bigger and louder and more personality would be Wanda, who's the other girl who works at the, uh, the gas station. And then Brent's dad. Blonde? Is she the, the blonde? blonde one? Yeah. Okay. And then the dad, Oscar, who, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you notice him in this episode. He's the old man. <laughs> uh, he's obviously a much bigger, louder character. So those ones would probably be the ones that are, are more familiar to somebody who's not used to Canadian comedy or whatever. But uh, I mean, this show, just before we even get into this episode, like it's not even understating. It is by far the biggest show ever. Like if you were to ask uh, what is the biggest, well, let me ask you, what would you consider to be the biggest as far as popularity and success goes, ratings, everything, the biggest American comedy of all time for TV? I'd hate to say it, but I, I don't... 
the Big Bang Theory is the only thing coming to mind. Of like and, modern but, shows, that makes sense, yeah. Like that's the only thing that can come to mind right now. I'm sure there's others. I mean, like Modern Family, maybe as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, so you look at the success and the Big Bang Theory is a good one because it's basically been like the number one comedy for over a decade. Um, and it's finally ending. Thank you, yeah. world. I, I'm anyway. totally with you on that. I don't think I have laughed at that show in years. Every once in a while, I'll check it out. Uh, but uh, the other interesting thing with Corner Gas is that Corner Gas ran for six seasons here in Canada. That also places it as one of the longest-running Canadian shows of all time. And that's just something with even with successful Canadian shows. Canadian shows are, I guess, similar to British TV. They don't drag on forever. They have like a very clear end point. And I'd say five seasons, the majority of successful Canadian shows, it's just like a rule. You end it after five seasons. So for Corner Gas to go six shows how big it was. Uh, the fact that the movie came out after this, that they could make a movie that played theatrically and then aired on TV, and you can still see it all the time on CTV. They'll play it on major networks. Uh, all the, the actors in the show went on to get other shows. Some of them, the guy who played Hank, like you, you said, the, the kid with the hat who's probably like 40 years old or 50 years old or whatever, he had a sitcom running at the exact same time as this. Like the cast was huge. Comedy tours that Brent Butt would do. Uh, there's really no way to even explain to somebody outside of Canada how big this show is in comparison to all other Canadian shows. Uh, and then, as I said, the finale was right up there with like the Seinfeld and Friends finales as far as the ratings go uh, at the end of the series. So this is a beloved Canadian classic, but one of the reasons I wanted to do this is to see what would a reaction be of somebody who doesn't get this style of humor? You know, Is this something that will grow on you? Similar to when Ben and I did 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm like, nobody likes 2001 A Space Odyssey the first time they see it. What reaction am I going to get out of Ben for watching this? But I'm hoping there's at least a few parts in here where you found some humor in it. There were definitely moments like that I thought, oh, that was actually funny. I didn't laugh like in the way that, you know, when Tim goes, uh, 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 like I'd be like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Ha, 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 LOL, got it, you know. It wasn't that immediate, but there were some times that I was like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. In the same vein of like, you know, Morticia in The Adams Family. Mm-hmm. She's not a character where you're like, ah, ha, ha, you're so funny. Yeah. Like, you laugh, you're like, you're snickering at her jokes because they're funny. That's kind of the vibe I have with some of the jokes here. I do think that there was a lot of fails, at least not fails, maybe like they were completely awful, but just in terms of my understanding it or, oh, I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fails on my end, but there were some good success stories throughout the episode. And I think there were some decent moments. I just, on the whole, I wasn't a fan. Um, I don't think you miss much for jumping in. One of the reasons I picked this episode, because I thought about doing the pilot episode, which I actually just rewatched most of the first season recently because they're up to that point where they're re-airing it on TV. And... Sort of the premise of the show. Oh, and you have time to rewatch Corner Gas. So you don't have time to watch the latest Survivor. <laughs> wow, thanks. Well, I didn't say I watched it all this week. There's a difference. But um, the, the way the show starts, I mean, basically the only thing you miss in those first few episodes, because I, I think you just get introduced to these characters. The only thing you really miss is uh, the the dad character ran the gas store and only passed it on to his son, Brent, uh, when I guess maybe. But- but yes, uh, before let's say a couple of months before the show starts. So the first episode kind of introduces that that the dad retired and passed it on, and then uh, Lacey, who runs the coffee shop, 
who in the opening scene is the one changing the bathroom signs. Um, she's from Toronto, so she's like the big city girl, and she inherited this uh, cafe, and she she's like the outsider. So she comes into this town, and every time somebody in the small town just does something, we're like, you know, who are these people? She's the one who's always looking at them, like, who are these people? You don't, you probably don't get as much of that in this episode, but that's really all you miss from the opening of the show. What you see in this episode, this is like your traditional corner gas episode. And it's also, uh, just when I was looking it up, one of the highest ranked episodes, like uh, as far as fan response, a lot of people rank this as one of the best corner gas episodes of all time. Uh, but I just think that this is one that gives you a little bit of all the characters too. And the reason I love it and wanted to do it was because of the stuff on the end. And we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but like the last couple sequences I thought were appropriate uh, for this time of year and other stuff we've covered. But uh, let's jump into some of this here. So, but thing before we go in, go for it. Um, I'm not entirely familiar with the way that Canadians speak. I was just expecting a lot more when I saw that it was like Saskatoon. Yeah, Saskatchewan. Based Saskatchewan, whatever. Like, I was expecting the like more like countryist, like mm-hmm. like the oh yeah, the kind of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't get that, and I was upset. Is that not how they talk over there? No, that's <laughs> the. I think I've talked about this before. I mean, you have just like you have in America. There's different dialects or accents across well, I don't know them. I just thought that that would be it there. Well, that, that's the only thing I always found funny when people will talk about the Canadian accent, especially with like the E and Aboot, like the Aboot thing especially. Uh, people think that's how Canadians talk. That's how people like in the Maritimes talk. So the Maritimes is the equivalent of, let's say, like, you know, Massachusetts for uh, you. And where I am would be like Minnesota, um, Michigan, Wisconsin, like that region, you're going to talk completely different there than somebody in Boston's going to talk. So when whenever people from outside of Canada think that we all say like oot and a boot, I'm like, well, that's like saying, you know, somebody from New York is like, howdy, partner, I'm from New York City. Like, it's just, it's completely different accents. Here, I, I think this is very much, especially uh, Hank, uh, the, the kid with the hat, as you called him, he probably has the most distinctive like prairies country accent. And also I should mention because some people listening to this probably don't know what Corner Gas is. Uh, the premise of the show is just it's a very, very small town in the middle of Saskatchewan. And uh, the lead character just runs a gas station, which the only business this gas station and the coffee shop next to it or the cafe next to it get uh, are typically people who are just passing through and they need to fill up on gas and get somebody to eat. Uh, so it's just a small town, you know, show uh that that's all it really is but um uh lacy and brent they kind of share space because these places are side by side so she wants to change the signs on the bathroom to the ancient roman symbols for male and female and uh and this is stuff i'm like i don't know how anybody couldn't find humor in this just just maybe it is the delivery that's different uh when brent's like well what do these symbols mean and she's like you know uh you know, these are ancient Roman symbols. And uh, he's like, do we get a lot of ancient Romans around here? And she's like, I think it brings like an air of sophistication, class. And he's like, you know, you're going to have a lot of farmers wetting their pants when they don't know which building to walk into. It's like, am I the fat guy shooting arrows or the fat guy, you know, uh, killing vampires? <laughs> he's just trying to decipher what these two symbols are. That's one of the stories in this episode. Um, and 
the running gag is that uh, what happens here is that Hank, the kid with the hat, comes out of the bathroom as he's basically pitching her saying nobody knows which one is male and which one's female anymore hank comes out and says it's beautiful in there it smells so great and you're supposed to get that this is he's went into a women's washroom not realizing it. and that becomes the storyline of part of this episode is that uh the the difference between a men's washroom being filthy and a woman's washroom always being beautiful and just you know, I, I guess that's something that anybody can relate to uh, we all relate to <laughs> women's washrooms better, which, by the way, is a complete lie. I'm going to get to that later in the episode. Uh, but then the other stories of the episode is that uh, Lacey, who's running this, uh, she wants to get a piece in the newspaper, which is the, the local newspaper, The Howler. And uh, she wants a plug about her Wings Night. And uh, there's the, the joke here about, uh, you know, is that Wings the food of the TV show? And, uh, of course, Wings was a TV show in the early 90s. And it's just funny. This is one of those small town jokes that I found funny because whenever you're like in a small town, it's like you're about 10 or 15 years behind the times. Uh, like the clothes people wear, the fashion, the, the interests they have are always behind the times. The fact she's like, the wings was like the Dharma and Greg if it's, if it's day. And um, she just wants to get into the uh, newspaper uh, to get her own column. And it becomes a running gag on here that like Hank, the dumbest guy on the show had his own column in the newspaper and we find out later on everybody else had their own column. And then the third storyline is that, uh, well, as in the newspaper, they wrote something on this graffiti on the water tower in the town, which just says Grad 68 on it. So implying somebody who graduated in 1968 was in there. Uh, and then, let's, well, what happens with that is that you have the two police officers. So there's Davis, who's the... I don't think he's the chief or he's the senior police officer. And then you have Karen, who's the, the younger female police officer. And Davis, again, is just one of the dumb characters on the show. Uh, doesn't really care about much. Isn't really very good at his job. He's kind of a chief Wiggum, if you're comparing to The Simpsons. And Karen's kind of the That's good, a good one. I like that. Yeah, very chief Wiggum. <laughs> right, can you reference The Simpsons to these characters? Because then, then I'll understand them better. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Who's uh, Ned Flanders? <laughs> oh, we got to pick a Ned Flanders. We know who Ned Flanders is in Home Improvement. We got to pick a Ned Flanders in this one. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, obviously he he doesn't care. Whereas Karen, she wants like something to challenge her and the police work. So she wants to solve the mystery with his grad sixty eight sign. So we have three storylines. We'll we'll cover bits and pieces throughout in one liners. But feel free to talk about the three plots. I guess we have going on here. Uh, Lacey trying to get a column in the newspaper. The confusion over the signs on the bathroom doors, and then who did the graffiti of grad sixty eight on the water tower? Um, I guess I give credit or take away credit or like detract them for having a bathroom confusion be a storyline in an episode of television. It's a, like, it's I don't a know fun plot. Should, I don't know if I should praise them for being so clever and like, wow, like they're able to take this like simple mishap and like extend it and extend it. Or I should be like, can we not have a bathroom storyline be a thread throughout the entire episode? <laughs> so I'm a, a little of that right now. Um, I do think there were some funny moments, but like on the whole, I was like, can these people just know where the bathroom is? Like, and also is no one in the bathroom when they're going in? Like, do these people all just have an empty bathroom every time? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a gas station. Well, I guess it's a combination of gas station and restaurant. So there probably should be multiple stalls, but you know, at least one per like at least one person should have been in a bathroom when another person walked in. I I just think it's a little weird. Um, 
Also, haven't they all been there before? So shouldn't they know where the bathrooms are? That's, like, that's the humor, though, is that they keep bringing that up in the episode. They're like, when when his dad Oscar is walking into the woman's room and it's like, yeah, that's disgusting. It smelt nice, and uh, it, there was flowers and everything. And he's like, Dad, you you ran this place for who knows how many decades. You don't know which washroom is which washroom. And he goes, which one did you go to before? The left one or the right one? Like, that's part of the joke. They should know this. And they're just so dumb that they're like, well, you changed the signs. Which one do I go into now? See, but, like, I don't think that that's super funny. Like, it just seems like these people are stupid and they need to, like, I don't know. They are stupid. (sighs) I feel like it's, like, hey, I feel like they were just saying, hey, this is the joke. Laugh now. It's just, it just didn't. Some of that that didn't suit with me. There is some, listen. There is some stuff that I will say as we go along. Like I, I think that there are funny myths, but I just like some of the. Hey, Dad, you worked here. Why don't you know? Oh, I'm dumb. Ha ha ha. Like, I don't know. It just didn't let's, quite hit with me. Let's break this up into the three stories then. So we'll talk about anything related to the bathroom right. storyline now. Um, I did like the joke about the. We don't get many ancient Romans coming around here. <laughs> Like, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, that's a good line. Did you like the fat guy um, shooting arrows or the fat guy killing vampires? It was okay. <laughs> like, I didn't really get it, but okay. Um, uh, what else? Uh, all these people being stupid, going to the wrong bathroom, I guess is the joke. Um, I'm trying to remember. I I'm blanking on some of the scenes that included the bathroom Uh, well i'm gonna bring up well basically what happens in the story is that there's this petition when all the men realize no this is actually the woman's bathroom why is the woman's bathroom so much better than the men's that they bring the mayor before them and i love the mayor this is i think the first time the mayor appears on the show fitzy who's their mayor and this is another small town thing just kind of like parks and recreation i think this show is very similar to parks and recreation if you watched a lot of the show you'd see a lot of parks and rec in here uh but when the mayor is talking and Wanda, uh, the blonde gas station attendant, comes up with the uh, suggestion of just make a checklist on cleaning the bathroom. And he's like, that's a great idea. It's like, uh, uh, if you ever ran for office, you could have my job. And he's like, please don't run for my job, though. It's like, I don't want to be homeless. <laughs> he just gets okay. desperate. Simpsons reference. The blonde is Lisa. Yeah, very good. And the mayor is Principal Skinner. Yes! <laughs> Score. We're going to find Simpsons characters for everybody in this show. Um, I wanted to just mention quickly about the uh, um, the men, woman bathroom thing. Because from everything that, that I grew up understanding, this is what it was. And I can remember going to winter camp when I was a kid. And it's not that I saw the girls' bathroom, but, you know, the girls' cabin had a skylight in it. And the boys' cabin, like, our door was frozen partly open. (laughs) So there is kind of this running joke that, like, you know, a woman's bathroom is always, like, beautiful with, like, doves flying everywhere. And I've learned in the last, I'd say, not even full year, six months, that this is a complete lie. Maybe this is just a a Winnipeg thing or a Canada thing or something like that. Jamie's the first one who brought this to my attention. Was she? She basically said, "Women's bathrooms are way more disgusting than men's bathrooms." And then I had several other people who back that up and said it didn't matter what restaurant they went to, what club they went to. They're like, "I never want to set foot in a woman's bathroom." 
And I'm like, guys' bathrooms, it's like, yeah, you kind of get it like in this show where they're like, oh, you know, do you not know how to aim? You get that every once in a while, but for the most part, it's not like awful. But apparently, and this is coming from multiple women, women's bathrooms are like the most disgusting thing in the world. I don't know if you're aware of that or have an opinion on it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want an opinion on the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Can we just move on? Let's move on to the uh, least interesting story in this episode, which is Lacey trying to get into the newspaper, uh, which basically just consists of every single time she's talking about an idea. Well, it's two things. One, you realize she can't put sentences together. And I love when she's trying to be like, you know, I'm really good at putting words in sentences together and she can't even in, in person yeah in... not that i mean i can do it and not in person too i mean like, yeah. i can write it down and let's give a simpsons reference to this that's like uh when homer was listening to those audio tapes to make him smarter and then he stopped listening to him he's like where's the thing for eating and digging you mean a spoon yeah yeah like <laughs> he just he can't put a sentence together that's one of the jokes, and the other joke is that every time she's making a pitch about this, she's finding that somebody else got to call him, and she keeps being told by Wanda, yeah, you can't just say, you can't just call up the howler and say, I want a, a, my own column and get your own column. It's like, oh, except that's what Hank did. Oh, yeah, and I did it. And they're like, oh, Oscar, remember your column, and you basically have every single character in, every time they're cutting back to Lacey saying, oh, yeah, like when I asked them for my own column, and I just decided not to do it. I love the one where uh, Hank's saying, you know, why'd you stop writing your column? It's like, Oh, I really wanted to direct. It's like, you wanted to direct a newspaper? Like, it's just, like you said, he's dumb. You have at least the one smart character, Lisa, who's like, wow, that is really dumb. Uh, and the funniest part of this, at least to me, because I'm Canadian and I get this humor, is uh, uh, when um, they eventually just say, well, why don't you just write a letter to the editor? And they're like, you know, they, they publish dad's rant on how parents shouldn't be made to go to their kid's graduation, which we have him ranting on that at one point and then uh they're like oh and they also published brent saying that they should publish my letter and i just love that brent wrote a letter saying you should publish lacy's letter and they published brent saying publish lacy's letter and then didn't write lacy's so anything you uh, you liked or didn't like about these stories or these uh scenes these jokes all about the one story i kind of liked the lacy newspaper stuff really yeah because i thought it was like like playing on the hush she's a dummy but like i felt like it played off of it like everything kind of built mm -hmm. like oh there was that like she cushed the phone conversation the i can do it in person but like i can write too like it like that was and but then it built when we find out that hank who's like quote-unquote dumb is actually really smart and can write and everything mm -hmm. and then we play it up at the very like the very end which i thought was the funniest scene with the the cop or that woman cop saying Karen. why don't you write a story about the the solving the graffiti thing <laughs> yeah. and then it cuts and she's got the story written there <laughs> um i do want to say so one quick thing about that um i looked i i paused the episode right as they were showing the article mm -hmm. and they didn't even bother to write half of it because <laughs> there's just like lorem ipsum at sugar in it and it's just, I was like, God damn, you had literally half a page to write text and you couldn't even, it was just so bad. Um, but I, I still thought that was like the funniest bit when they were like, you should write this. Oh, you got the and then, freeze frame here. It was just so funny. And then I love when the, the woman with the wing, like that older woman's like, oh yeah, I wrote for it too. And everyone's <laughs> like, I wrote for it too. And like, she's the only one in town. 
who can't write for this awful paper. And I love the, the directing a newspaper. I thought that was funny. Yeah, so if you actually freeze frame on the article that Karen ends up writing, as she's suggesting Lacey should write this and ends up being Karen who writes the article, every first sentence is a real sentence and then it just becomes gibberish. So it's like Dog River has seen its share of vandalism, but nothing captured the imagination of Dog uh, River more than the Grad 68 mystery. The Ipising elite said Diem Mumi Nib and that's what every single paragraph I actually think that's probably I don't know if it's a joke or if they just figured nobody's going to see it but I actually think it's kind of funnier (laughs) it is just gibberish after like one sentence on there to each their own I I thought that was just lazy but (laughs) well come on you're producing like an episode in a week you're you're not going to sit there and write a full article nor is anybody going to freeze frame and want to read the you don't produce this I mean unless I'm mistaken about corner gas but you don't produce you know, film and then edit and then put out an episode in one week. You film ahead of time. I, I get editing. your point, but I'm I'm willing to bet that every TV show takes shortcuts like this. And I would rather a shortcut oh, where at least we can freeze frame this and be like, that's funny. It's just gibberish in there as opposed to being like, yeah, let's read this real story. I want to hear about the mystery of the grad 68. I, mean, I don't want to hear about it. I just happened to click and see, <laughs> I wanted to see what they were saying. And I was like, halfway through, I was like, wait. What are they doing? No. Uh, I was already on a low because I didn't love the episode, but... Well, this is what I love about this episode, and this is why I want to do it. Because the Grad 68 storyline, which basically Karen wants a mystery as Davis, who's such an underrated character, because of sometimes, like you said, the delivery with this, I think it takes multiple views to really get how funny a character is. And it's the fact that Davis is so monotone and it's this bored Chief Wiggum cop... Uh, you don't get how funny he is, but it's the fact that here's a man who's probably in his late 40s, a bit of police officer for decades, and he's just sitting there stopping traffic just because he can. So he's basically, there's only two cars on the road, and they're, they're stopping them both. She's like, do we really need to be, like, uh, stalling traffic right now? And he and he says, it's, you know, it's not a chore, it's a privilege. And he just takes pride in just doing this because he's bored, and that's kind of the way his character is. Uh, he's probably, I'd say, the second dumbest character on the show. Uh, but... The Grad 68 Mystery, this is Karen's thing, and this is where it gets like very over-the-top and like satire-like, which is what I love about Corner Gas, when it's not just like a straight sitcom. It's almost like something you'd see in an animated show, like The Simpsons or King of the Hill. You know, She's going to a lab, and they're doing tests on the spray paint, and it's like, okay, so uh, spray paint only lasts for 15 to 20 years, so this could not have been done after 1968. And... Um, when they get to the reenactment layer, this is what I why why I want to do this episode because we did Clue last year for Halloween month, and this basically becomes Clue. It becomes her cornering everybody in a room and saying uh, the reason that uh, you know this grad sixty eight. It's like was because or she's like who did it? Brent did it because she was looking at the yearbook that his dad Oscar was showing him earlier, and all we saw was his picture in the yearbook. And it's like why would you say that? And it's like. It was written as your, you know, post-graduation dream in it. And you just see, you know, Brent Leroy. And underneath it says, you know, aspirations to paint grad 68 on the water tower. It's like, well, nobody thought of that up until now. And then it just gets more and more elaborate. It's like, but he couldn't have done it alone. And I love the the, the callback to the early scene when him getting dizzy, um, which is why he had to have the help of Hank being there. And uh, that all came from the part earlier on where he just sort of ducked his head down. He came up and was like, whoa, uh, I'm really dizzy. You ever get the thing where you you know lean down and you pick your head up and you're dizzy? And they're like, no. And it's like, 
fighter pilots get it all the time. Like, do they get it up from, or do they get it from picking up chocolate bars? <laughs> like, they're just mocking him for being just lazy and out of shape. Um, but the way this all comes together with the Hank thing is what gave me the biggest laugh. Because as she's saying how Hank's involved in this, uh, and all it's doing is flashing back to her depiction of, and then Brent would have had Hank. And it's like a clue thing, like this is how the crime went down. And Hank's like, hey, I don't have a mullet. She's like, well, this is just the way I'm imagining it. Like, of course he's not going to actually be able to see her visualizing. But it's like, well, just use my yearbook picture. Fine. And then when it cuts back to Hank, you see Brent there still. But Hank just has this floating bubble over his head that says photo not available because that's what it would have been in his yearbook, which I just love. Uh, and of course, Brent's mom's involved in it at some point. And then there was this thing about, you know, kids drinking. And I love that uh, Oscar, his dad, had the line earlier on. Um, he talks about uh, they, that's the problem with kids. You know, they're going to experiment with booze, but by 13, they should be able to hold their liquor. Uh, everybody ends up involved in this. Uh, they had to have somebody preventing any witnesses. And then you find out, well, Davis was involved because. Uh, he likes to block traffic just for the fun of it. And then it wasn't actually Grad 68. This is another Simpsons reference here. Like the who killed Mr. Burns. It wasn't uh, South and West. It was uh, M and S for Maggie Simpson. Uh, it turns out that it was because they were upside down. He was actually trying to write uh, uh, 68 and he was writing 86. But I love Davis who's so dumb. Is like, uh, wait, 68 backwards is, uh, what do you say, like 98 or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, it was backwards or whatever instead of upside down. But this is what I love in the episode. It's just it's so over the top. They do it in black and white. They do it like it's, you know, film noir. And then Hank's photo appearing, his photo not available over his face. It's just amazing. Come on. You had to have loved some of this. I loved, I did love the, by 13, they should handle their work. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me so off guard. Can I just Which quickly is- cut in about Oscar? He's probably the most popular character on the show because he's just a grumpy old man who's also just, again, a complete idiot. We did this in a Home Improvement episode. The the greatest Oscar moment ever was him being so old and so out of touch and so uncomfortable with new technology that in 2004, he was uncomfortable with the idea of a VCR. And his son, Brent, made him get a VCR and he couldn't figure out how to hook it up, so he just lied about it. And he had never seen the movie Jaws, so he had rented Jaws, and Brent was like, oh, and he knew he was lying. So, did you like the part where the shark started dancing on the beach and then aliens? And it's like, uh, yeah, that was good. This is like the ultimate cranky, out-of-touch old man. Please tell me you like Oscar. The one that, like, gets distracted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a spot on the spoon. <laughs> that becomes, like, ten minutes of the episode, he's still staring at a spoon. Um, yeah, I think he was good. I, I'm, I prefer some of the earlier, like, moment. I think, I think, I kind of like him on his own more than with other people. Mm. Like, I think that he said the 13 year old thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, stuff like that was way better than the, like, spoon bit. Cause I didn't really think that the spoon it was so funny. I, I think it was just funny when it came back five minutes later and he's still staring at it, but they're not making that the focus of the joke. It's just something in the background. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a good character. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say after one episode who's my favorite character. Mm. Like, and if I even would have a good representation of who the characters were. Um, but yeah, he's a good character. I think there's a lot of funny stuff there with him. Uh, anything I missed in this episode? 
there's probably lots of great oh, quotes on here. I didn't talk about the the case. The oh yeah, the clue, the clue part. Yeah, um, it felt like a very dramatic or undramatic, dramatic kind of thing of a, like mm-hmm. a Law and Order episode or something. Yeah, like the spray paint. What does the result of the lab say? And everything. It was just like she was going really into it. Um, and I love the thing about the vision. Like, picture me the way in my yearbook or whatever and everything. <laughs> I did like that it's like, he obviously not seeing what she's saying kind of mm-hmm. thing. So she, I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I, I mean, I think that was a good storyline. I still think the bathroom is kind of the worst out of everything. Um, and if I were to rank these, I would have gone the the grad sixty eight, the bathroom, and then the the newspaper column. Because I would go the newspaper, <laughs> then the sixty eight, and then the bathroom. Okay. If we're doing a ranking here, because well, there we go. That's what we've done. We've ranked our three storylines of this episode. Um, just a couple things to kind of wrap this up here. Uh, the show went off the air after six years, which again is incredibly long. Oh. They did the uh, the movie, which came out, I think it was t- 2014, maybe, 2015. Um, the animated series has just started here. Now, Jamie's not really, she doesn't get that into the Corner Gas TV show, but for whatever reason, she really loved the animated show. And it's kind of hit and miss. You get some people who are like, oh, it's just not the same. But it basically is the exact same show. Like, it's a little bit more over the top. And you get more cartoony with you get a lot more stuff like the the flashback the uh, uh, case with the the photo not available things like that. But um, overall, I mean that the animated series is basically the same show, and the only reason that it's not live action, I believe, that they didn't just do a revival of Corner Gas, is because the actress who plays Emma, which is Brent's mom, passed away, and they just didn't want to replace her. So instead, there's all the actors from the TV show do the voice in the animated show as well. And most of these are still fairly successful in Canadian television, or Brent Butt's case, he's still huge in stand-up comedy too. Uh, but uh, this, I think that this was, I'm not going to say it's my very favorite Corner Gas episode. I had about three or four where I'm like, oh, i got to do this episode. But I think just the over-the-top stuff on the end here is makes it, I think that's why this is one of the most popular episodes. But what would you do? Would you buy it, rent it, or bin it? Um... <sighs> Oh, I'm so torn. Well, I, I don't know. Give me a second. All right. Well, I'm going to buy this one. Because, I, 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 again, I don't think it's my very favorite Corner Gas episode, but I get why so many people love this episode. And especially for early in the show, if you're going through season one, which I think is only 13 episodes, it's not like there's a bad episode prior to this, but I feel like this was the one where the show, like, it, it finally hit its stride. Uh I don't know. I'm torn between uh, renting it or binning it. I'm like kind of at that middle where I don't know which one. Don't make Um, an enemy of Canada. I think just because of the way I was throughout watching it, I'm just going to have to bin it. Oh, no. I did say good things about it (laughs) in my defense. I just like felt so. I was like, hurry up. All of our Canadian listeners like Martina, uh, are going to hate you now. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I'm not the biggest proponent of making fans while podcasting. <laughs> I've made a few people upset before, so what else is new? Uh, just really quickly looking at the finale episode, uh, 
Uh, it got 3.1 million viewers, which when you take into account Canada has about one-tenth the population of the United States, that would be the equivalent of like 30 million people watching a show now, which just doesn't happen uh, in today's day and age. So I, I doubt there's going to be 30 million people watching the Big Bang Theory finale. Uh, but uh, we finally got a corner gas out of the way. I talked about this doing a year ago, and uh, I'll find a way to bring a corner gas one back every now and then. Uh, but Rossi, uh, should I do a drum roll here? You get to pick what next week's random episode is. And again, people who uh, haven't been paying attention since we started this podcast, this is literally any episode of any TV show that you want. And we, we're trying to pick things that are easy to find online. Corner Gas, you can find this episode even on YouTube. Uh, it was uh, Season 1, Episode 5, Grad 68. I don't know why I'm telling you that now. You should have watched it if you're listening to this podcast. But uh, Rossi, what are we going to do next week? Okay, we are going back further in time. We're going to the 80s. <gasps> what? Is it, are you excited about the 80s? I'm very excited. We're going to Miami. Oh, we are going to be watching The Golden Girls. Yes! Yes! We're watching yes! Season 2, Episode 4, It's a Miserable Life. Um, so it's a great episode about saving a tree, and hilarity ensues with <laughs> The Golden Girls. It's a great episode. Uh, in doing prep for picking the episode, I was doing like a best episode of Golden Girls just to see what people were saying. And, like, every time, like, this was coming up as number one. And I, I've seen all the Golden Girls episodes, so, like, I remember this. But I was like, that's interesting to see that this was number one. So it's interesting. I'm interested to go into it and see why it was highly acclaimed. Yeah, because I watched the show, as, again, as, I, I caught into the show probably closer to when it was ending. Because, I mean, I was too young to get the humor of four old ladies. But... I can't even tell you how many people I've run into who said the same thing. As children, they love the Golden Girls. Uh, so this w- I would have ranked this among my favorite childhood shows as well. Not at the level of Home Improvement or anything, but I'm so excited. To be that. I thought when you said Miami, I'm like, ooh, this is either going to be Miami Vice or it's going to be Golden Girls. So you right. disappoint. <laughs> Just kidding. We're doing Miami Vice season three. <laughs> also about saving a tree. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> that weird crossover episode was I think I did a crossover episode with Miami Vice though if I'm not mistaken um, I'm not here to talk about that but I'm sure we'll get to that so this is the way it's going to work uh, Rossi picks one, I pick one so stay tuned next week if you've you don't even have to watch the episode, the Golden Girls I mean we're just going to describe universal. it to exactly yeah but uh, you get it, you just, you just understand yeah so this is going to be easy and then stay tuned next week because we will reveal what the following week is going to be. And every single week is just going to be a surprise. Listen to the end of the episode and we'll figure out what it is. And if you have your own suggestion you want to throw out there, give it to uh, us. We'll we don't want it. Well, we'll consider it, you know, if you give us something decent. If you give us, like, Charmed, the new series, uh, a.k.a. the worst show I have ever seen, we will not do it. But uh, good stuff like the Golden Girls, send it our way. No, um catastrophe and practical jokers or anything like that yeah. please <laughs> we'll pick a good and practical jokers when ben's back on here but um, how many quickly i know we're all ending but how many episodes do you think we're going to get out of these random episodes my guess is we'll probably get at least two months uh i'm guessing we're going to go to the at least the end of the year uh and then we'll kind of go from there but uh i'm hoping at least to go to the end of the year and then maybe we could throw some christmas themed episodes in there for december sounds good to me yes 
So make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, don't listen to the lost episodes. Listen to random recaps instead. Well, I mean, My- you can listen to the lost episodes. Don't- There's plenty to listen to, but we have great random episodes to listen to. There's just nothing new. Um, <laughs> we are going to be the new ones here. My name is Colin, and I never had a mullet. What's a mullhead? My name is Rossi. Picture it. Sicily, 1912. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.